0: Hi, my name is Steve Warren, and I want to welcome you to this podcast. I'm believing today you'll be filled with faith, you'll be energized by hope, and you'll feel loved as this message seeks to transform and empower your life. God bless you as you listen to this. Gandalf is gone. He shaved his beard. The... Wonderful. Hey, well, it's Next Step Sunday. It's Lisby's birthday. I mean, it doesn't get much better, does it? Everyone congratulates me. I don't know why. I had nothing to do with it. I get it. If you congratulate me on my kid's birthday, I had everything to do with that. That is my fault that we've got kids. But uh, you needn't congratulate me on Lisby's birthday. It's okay. Congratulate her parents. I'm not old enough to be her father, but the privilege of being her husband. She's an amazing woman. Hey, uh, last Sunday, how good was that? Five by five. We had 15 different preachers preaching across three different services, and they were all absolutely amazing. Or the te- I've, I've managed to catch up with 10 of them. I've listened to 10 of them so far. Uh, I'll listen to the rest, but... Um, I was, I was in London with one of our churches there, and as I was at the airport on the way back, I had a call with Lisby, and she was raving about every one of you, if, if any of you, some of you here, you were incredible, and uh, it's just a thrill, I find it a thrill to devote my life to helping push people over a line, that is, push people out of their comfort zone. So that's what today's about. Ready for it? Uh, my job is is uh, to help take you from where you're at and get you to where uh, God wants you to be next. Uh, and, and if it ever feels like it's a little bit of a push or a lead, it's only because we know, all of us, need somebody else to help us get to a good place we know we want to be at, even if right now we don't feel ready. So get ready. Uh, the card in your seat, every one of us, I want us to fill that out by uh, the end of the day. Uh, we're all going to take a step together, if you're visiting us today, uh, that's cool, just uh, take it in, you're probably already enjoying it, uh, which is good, I've not met too many who don't say it doesn't feel like home on the first Sunday they come, and uh, that's, that's exciting. My title of the message is, uh, a, the, life has to be experienced, life has to be experienced, there are some things that you cannot describe. You've just got to experience it. And uh, I, I have been on a plane going somewhere four times out of the eight, last eight days. And uh, planes' journeys can get very familiar. You've all been on one. They take off. They cruise. And then they come back down again, hopefully. Uh, and it's a, it's a familiar experience. I love turbulence because it makes what is usually a very ordinary trip a little more exciting. I love listening listening to all the kids scream and coffee's flying everywhere. And I'm like, this is awesome. This is turning an ordinary day into fun. But usually it's a predictable experience, isn't it? Until one day, there will be something you don't know about my pastor, Simon McIntyre, and that is he's an aerobatic pilot. He flies aerobatic planes. And so uh, I went up with him one day. Now, I've flown a Cessna. Cessna is what I would call a Ford Fiesta with wings. It feels safe, but it's a bit small. But it's secure. The wings are solid. It's not going anywhere. You're in control. The motor's always on. But aerobatic planes, and oh, oh, let me backtrack. So I thought it would be like that. That was small enough for me. I thought we'd just get in one of those, and it would do these loops, and, uh, and, and then we'll go back down again. All good. So we arrive at the airport. We find something that I can only describe as a go-kart with rubber wings. So this thing is like, literally, we're side by side, nothing behind us, just a a, a plastic clear bubble over our heads. Plastic, I'm not kidding you. Um, And and the wings are are doing this way too much for my comfort, the tiny little things. And then he takes off, and we get to about 1,000 meters. And instead of cruising like planes are meant to do, it goes vertical. So it goes up like this. Engines are still running and then it stalls. The engine turns itself off. All part of the plan, apparently. Uh, and, then, and then you just hear a. And now we're sitting like this. And, uh, uh, and it, it, a thousand meters feels very close when you're looking at it like this. And it was getting a lot closer by the second. Not the minute. And uh, he was very good to me. He was talking all the time. This is okay. This is okay. This is what it meant. It's meant to feel like this. You're meant to think like this. It's all good. It's all good. Wait three seconds and the engine will be back on. And it did. Engine's back on. And And if you survive without passing out, and I could go on to try and describe to you the G-force you feel and, and the experience you have, but none of it is adequate to try and help you really feel what it was like. I'm, ending, I'm going to end up going, you just have to try it. right? Now, take a banana. <clears throat> try explaining what a banana tastes like to someone who's never tasted a banana. What are you going to say? You're going to say, you just got to try it. When people ask me about our church, they go, well, what's your church like? And I go, well, it is like, it, it, it's modern. It's modern? What's modern? Everything's modern, if we're living now. Everything around us is modern. What is modern? That that doesn't work. Well, well, we have, like, good music, sort of pop rock style. Well, what's that mean? Uh, And then they go, well, what what is it you believe? And I, I will say something like, well, we believe pretty much like any church believes. We just try and make it relevant to today's generation. Well, the person asking doesn't know what any church believes. So that doesn't make any sense. So in the end, I end up going, you just got to try it. Come. Come and see. Taste and see. And and, and you'll know what it feels like. You'll get the experience. Life is meant to be experienced, not observed. Turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 47. And we're going to take up from where we left off two weeks ago uh, in Ezekiel 47. You'll remember that Ezekiel was... Uh, a a prophet in the Old Testament, and he was in a vision, and there was a man in the vision leading him through a scenario, and in this scenario was a picture of the temple, and from the altar of the temple flowed a river, which we understand later to be called the River of Life, because everywhere it went, things just came to life. Uh, And so it flowed out from beneath the east, uh, out of the east wall toward the Dead Sea, and And as it it went, it got deeper and deeper. And so we're going to read from verse 3 just to to, uh, pick up the story. It says, "As As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through water that was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through water that was up to the waist. He measured off another thousand but now it was a river that I could not cross, because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. He asked me, son of man, do you see this? Then he led me back to the bank of the river. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. And he said to me, this water where, uh, this water flows toward the eastern region and goes down to, into the Araba, where it enters the Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because the water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. What do we learn? We learn that the person uh, in that story that was leading Ezekiel brought him into an ex. Ezekiel didn't just stay on the banks observing. He came into the river to experience. You see, here's the truth. Every time you take a step, it triggers an experience. And every time you have an experience, you have the possibility of transformation. You have the possibility of change. Get this. So the Bible says, the truth will set you free. That's not saying knowing about the truth will set you free. It's not saying knowing the truth will set you free. It just says truth will set you free. Therefore, knowing it's the first step, but Im- Im- um, imbibing it. This is the English service. Imbibing it and, 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 and uh, letting it affect you, uh, uh, having it impact you, experiencing the truth is what changes us. And, and I could go on several examples, but uh, the fact being is when you take a step, You experience, and it's that experience that causes you to be transformed. We all need someone in our world who's going to help us and lead us. As I said earlier, Ezekiel was led into the river. We need someone who says, hey, look, I I know this is uncomfortable, but this is good for you. Go. Let me give you a little push and a push of encouragement. Go to that group. Serve in that team. Get baptized. It's good for you. Go for that job. Give your time. I know it's uncomfortable, but it's good for you. We want to lead you into good places, into places that will prosper you. And so the prophet was experiencing the river of life. This isn't an observation uh, um, faith. It's not about one man entertaining and everyone else observing. I'm not an entertainer. There are people way better at entertaining than me. I'm just like you. I have my own struggles that I have to bring to God. I I have my own things that I have to pray about. I have my own sort of motivations to need to go to faith, just like you. And I'll encourage you to get over yours if you encourage me to get over mine. It's sort of like meant to be a two-way traffic. I'm your leader, not your priest. I, I cannot stand between you and God and do your business for you. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy person. You are a, a person of God. You, you have the Holy Spirit in you so you can directly commune with the Father. It is meant to be like that. It's always meant to be like that. But we never seem to get it. We never have seemed to get it quick enough. The Israelites never got it. They just leaned on a man of God. They leaned on a prophet. They leaned on a building. If we go to this building and bring our sacrifices, we'll be okay. But God was never content with being contained in a building. The temple was never His idea. The temple was man's idea. They were copying other religions that had their temple and their little idol in there. Now they're going, well, if we have a temple and put our God in there, only we don't know how to put God in there, so we'll put a box in there with, a, uh, uh, with the, the, um, the Torah in it and, and, a, and a walking stick of Aaron's that did some miracle if we put it in there. Maybe that would represent our God. It was never God's idea to have a temple. God will never be contained in a house. Our God is out there already working in the lives of people. That's his job. He's already tapping on the hearts of people in apartments right around our city. We think we've got to do it all. And there is something we need to do. But he's already out there working and and being uncontained and and flowing. And and he's got a job for us to do by jumping into that. You see, here's, here's the point. It's not about one person it's about every person it's not about any one of us it's about all of us anybody here part of the all of us do you have an anybody if you're an anybody then you're part of the everybody if you're an everybody god loves you you're here on purpose he's got a plan for you Turn with me to Acts chapter 2 because I just want to prove this to you. Acts chapter 2 and here we have uh, Luke, the writer of Acts, quoting a prophecy from Joel which is challenging this very premise that it's not about one person, it's about everyone. He says this, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your men, young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in these days and they will prophesy. And everyone, verse 21, who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone say everyone. On He will pour out his spirit on all people. That's all of us. Is it, and why? Because he wants us to do something. In this case, he's talking about prophesy. What is prophecy? It's to communicate the word and nature of who God is. So your life, when the Holy Spirit comes upon it, should be a representation, a spoken message of God himself to this earth. Just the way you live, even before you speak, should be a prophetic statement that there is one who saves and reconciles. There is one who brings peace and restoration. Your life should be that message. And so he says that is for everyone. We're all included. Experience it. Don't just know about it. Knowledge, observation, theories will change no one. But experience will change everyone. Let me say that again. Knowledge, theories, Theology will change no one. But experience of that knowledge, theology, and observation will, it will change everyone. Everyone transformed in Christ and empowered for purpose. That's why together, as many of us as possible, are doing this fast. We want to do it together. Experience it. If you've never fasted before, and if you aren't yet, you've still got seven days to jump on board. Oh, I'll do three of them, or five of them, or seven of them. A Daniel fast is just an easy way to get into it. Just ask someone after the service, what's a Daniel fast? And they'll tell you, stop eating steaks and hide the wine for a week. It is a bit more than that, but they'll they'll talk to you about it. You can do it. Experience it. Why are we doing Encounters Weekend? Encounters Weekend is about experiencing it. Let's experience together an encounter with God. Not just Sunday morning, we're going to have a food market Sunday afternoon and flowing into an evening meeting where we're going to give room for the Holy Spirit to work and move. And uh, Pastor Terry is a great, great friend of ours, is just a great minister. You're going to love hearing him preach. And then Monday night, we're having an Encounters Team Night for anyone who serves in church. It's going to be a powerful night, Encounters Weekend. Why Encounters? Because we want to experience it. Everyone say experience beautiful so we're to experience it we're to engage with it we're to make it happen here's the point he says i will pour out my spirit upon you we've been talking about rivers of life now he's talking about pouring out his spirit can you see how how unformulaic god is can you see that he likes to flow and move and get upon us and get in us and flow through us and you see the language that he so often uses in other places it talks about him being a wind that he just breathes life that's our god as he moves he wants to breathe into you he wants to pick you up with the power of his hand like a river uh, to, to cause you to move somewhere our lives are meant to be a progression we're meant to always be moving it's too dangerous staying still You are too subject to the the knocks about of the enemy if you're just sticking still. I've seen too many people just get stuck and they end up moving backwards. There's only two motions, really. There's forward and there's back. If the river isn't moving, it's not a river anymore. It's it's, It's a pond. And if a pond just doesn't move for too long, it gets stagnant and then it goes green and then the mosquitoes just hang over it. That's all that happens around a stagnant pond. I don't want your life to be like that. I don't want you just sitting still and beginning to fester and beginning to get a bad attitude and then demonic mosquitoes start festering around your brain and you get all these weird ideas and you start moving backward and before you know it, you're going, I don't know if I believe all this stuff when once you were just right out there on fire. The only antidote to staying still is moving forward. The only antidote, sorry, to moving back is moving forward, not holding your ground. Keep on flowing. He wants to flow into you. On the day of Pentecost, the Spirit was poured out on those disciples. And then it says, people were saying, Do you know what? I think they're drunk. I think they've been drinking something. Peter had to get up and go, No, guys, it's all all alright. It's just nine in the morning. They've not been drinking. The pubs aren't open yet. Impossible. This is. the Holy Spirit. But you've got to ask yourself, why would anybody think that they had been drinking if if they had just been filled with the Holy Spirit? Now, it goes a little like this. If you're walking through Amsterdam, who are the only two people you'll ever see smiling? Like they're walking along going... It's those who've been in the coffee shops or it's Christians who've tapped into a knowledge... They're filled with the Holy Spirit. There aren't a whole lot of others you see walking around with a great big smile on their face. Right? So I can understand why they got confused between the filling of the Holy Spirit and having come out of a coffee shop. That, that would be an understandable confusion. And so Peter, if it was me today, I'd have to go up and go, Oh, it's all right, guys. The coffee shop's aren't open. It's not what you think it is. It's the Holy Spirit. But that's the point. When you allow the Holy Spirit to get upon your life, He unleashes something. I used to be so serious before I got filled with the Holy Spirit. And then something began to happen. I started to loosen up. I started to become the prankster in the gang. I began to find humor in everything. In fact, I've, I've created a whole new definition of dad's jokes. It's called dad is the joke. My kids don't just laugh at my jokes now. They sort of, I think, it feels like it. They just laugh at me. That's all right. As long as there's fun and laughter in the home. Isn't it cool to have a good old laugh? I had my group on Monday. I got a leader's group. Um, and uh, I was trying to get through this brilliant training. on this amazing material. Uh, but every five minutes, the guys just start laughing. They find something funny. Uh, and or I, I could either get offended by it or I could just laugh with it, which is what I choose to do. I'm going, all oh, right, this is funny. Obviously funny. Good. Beautiful. But what do you do when you're amongst people that you enjoy? What do you do when you're in a circle that you find pleasure with and, or feel secure with? You want to laugh. When was the last time you gave a good old belly laugh? When was the last time that you were in a room of people that you just enjoyed time with? When was the last time... That you so, uh, you laughed because you felt the joy of knowing God's purpose for your life. I sometimes stop and I just smile when I think about God's purpose for our lives. I can't help but get excited. If you're not in a group, I've got to tell you, you've got to get into a group. It will be the place you laugh, it'll be a place you, you do life with. If you're not in a team, the teams make Sundays fun. They spice up your experience of church. I hear people say sometimes, well, you know, maybe i would miss out. I wouldn't be able to be in the service if I was serving the kids. No, that's not true. I've never found that serving, I love that story from Raymond. I've never found that serving steals from my life. I find it always adds to my life. I'm too busy to go to a group. For starters, never say that. That's so judgmental. What you're saying is I'm more busy than you. Please that's not very gracious, it's not very kind, Zip. Uh, who says you're more busy than anybody else? Apparently, by the language and popularity of that word, everyone's busy nowadays, But remember? Uh, busyness is an is a accumulation of your own choices, no one's made you busy, so why don't you reprioritize, get to a group, go to a group, and I'll tell you what, when I go to my group, I have such a great night, I feel like a night has not been stolen from me. I feel like a night has been given to me. I feel like God has added to my time, not taken to my time. I find i wake up in the morning with ideas that solve problems in minutes which would have taken hours. I find I get inspiration for messages that I'd spend a whole day over that, that just start dropping into my mind in an hour. I find that I find I'm more productive by being as much as I can in a service. I find that the pouring out of the revelation and the power of the Holy Spirit is much more tangible when I'm with you all than when I'm on my own. So where do I want to be? I want to be with you. Here on a Sunday, maybe your next step is to say, I will be in church every week. Or I need to get baptized. Now here's the deal. It took me seven years to get baptized. I knew about baptism. I knew the Bible inside and out about baptism. I knew Believers get baptized when they decide to believe, not because my parents have decided it. And I know be- believers' baptism is not a sprinkling on the head. It's a <laughs> it's a full immersion. That's what the word means itself. Uh, uh, but I fought against it. I had all these excuses because my parents me to, took, took me to church when I was a baby, did the sprinkling thing. That wasn't my choice. Nowhere in the Bible will you read that. I know those churches have all those sort of logical explanations, but those logical explanations are incorrect. The Bible says, believe and be baptized. But that's only knowledge to you until it happens. I gave in seven years later, and it was one of the steps that transformed my life. What transformed my life? The knowledge of baptism or the experience of baptism. Maybe today, your next step is getting baptized. Am I rattling a few cages here? I'm basically saying if you haven't been baptized, if you're not in a team, and you're not going to a group, and you're not committing regularly to a Sunday service, what are you doing with your life? What is going on with you? I mean, what is more important? We're so busy, you're not. Let me show you busy. You're just not reprioritizing. You can do better than that. You know you're better than that. You know you can rise to the challenge. Don't sit in your dark place thinking your excuses are legit when they're not. The man led him into the river and he was very kind. Not like me, not like I've just been. He said, <laughs> he said, he led him into the river and he took him to the shallow end first. Isn't that so kind? I feel like I'm dumping you in the deep end. I feel like you're like my four-year-old. I'm taking to the swimming lessons for the first time and I'm finding the end that's two meters and I'm dropping you in. <laughs> no, this man in Ezekiel led him to the shallow end. The water came up to his ankles. What is that for you today? For me, many years ago, that was joining a group just after we got married. And in that group, most of the people were older than us, but that was good for us at that time when we just got married. It was, they were an encouragement to us. I felt my soul was fed every time I went to that group. They believed in us. Uh, that was my, one of my first steps. What, 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 what is your first step? What, what could be your first step today? We're not, I'm not asking you to do anything too uncomfortable or too impossible. But maybe you've been in the shallows and you've been there too long and you got stuck and you need to take the next step. I remember the first time I ever prayed a prayer out loud in a group. I was terrified. <laughs> I thought everyone would think my prayer was pathetic. I couldn't remember enough words because, you know, when you first pray, you memorize it all first, don't you, in your head? Like, I couldn't remember enough words to say a prayer that was long enough to be holy enough. I was, I'm like, oh no, what, where was I going again? I don't know but eventually it came out. It came out. felt so good. Later, you sort of crucify yourself afterwards for a bit. Oh, I should have said that. I I wonder what people thought. But I did it! It was another step. What's your next step? Eventually, the water got so deep they had to swim. For some of you today, you know you've got to jump into the deep. For some of you, you know this is your moment. Maybe God's calling you to take up a leadership thing. or Maybe there's a next step in your career. This doesn't happen too many times in your life, but there are some times in your life we you just got to jump into the deep. Just got to do that thing. It's going to be a bit radical. We have over 20 people who serve in our office completely voluntary. They took that jump. I'm going to give a whole day of my week, every week. I've got one or two people who give two whole days of their time voluntary to make all this happen too. That's astounding. We're not asking you to do that unless you want to, unless you're ready to, but that's what I call a jump into the deep. But what is your next step? come on, join the experience. There's no world-class soccer team on earth that spends all their week in the classroom and then go on, goes on the pitch at the weekend and gets no feedback afterwards from the coach. Now, they may spend 10% of their time in the classroom. They spend most of their week out on training on the pitch. They're out there experiencing, improving, training. The coach is cheering them on and adjusting them and giving feedback see when you're in a group when you're in a team that's where you start to get shaped and molded and encouraged and people speaking into your life and you begin to work out your gift and I've had so many people say to me I'm doing so well in my career because all I do is what I've been shown at church and their careers have accelerated I'm not kidding you I've had so many people say that you will be shaped for your life and you will sit back and you will laugh one day guy. Can't believe how good this is. Smile on your face going, such joy in knowing the great purpose of God. But you only know it when you begin to take a step. We say it like this serve and discover your purpose. Join a group and you'll grow in your freedom.